I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Are you a fan of Livewire Radio? Well, then, become a fan of Livewire Radio. Visit Facebook.com slash Livewire Radio and click the Like button to make sure you're up on the latest in guest news, live shows, and cat videos that we think are funny. That's Facebook.com slash Livewire Radio. Thanks for listening. Court. Sean, what's up? How long has it been since our last game show sketch? Uh, I don't know. It's been a while. Hey, I wrote that dating game sketch where women who lost had to go on a date with Nicolas Cage. Oh, uh, yeah. Remind me what the winners got. Uh, he rigged it so everybody lost, remember? Oh, right. He took me to Macaroni Grill. I thought that was weird. I think that's all he can afford. Well, I was thinking of coming up with a new game show sketch, but I don't want to waste my time if the idea stinks. Could you guys tell me if you like what I got so far? Yeah. Fine, but no Obama Wheel of Faith sketch. I'm already working on that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, my first idea. What's in the box? A 20-question format hosted by the characters from Seven. Okay. Is, is, what's, is, is what's in the box what I think is in the box, Sean? Yes. All right. I vote no for that one. Yeah, I vote no, too. Tyler? I'm curious to see the reveal, but gun to my head, I'd also vote no. Okay, what about a show called Go On, Try and Hit Me? It's hosted by Steven Seagal. Contestants will be bullied by Seagal himself to try to hit him. He will then whisper directly into their ear, Do it. Hit me. Come on. Hit me, Pansy. Come on, hit me. And if they eventually do try and hit him, he'll, like, break their wrist. How do people win? Well, they have to kill Seagal. Kill him? Yeah. Well, Seagal just can't turn it off once you try and hit him. Sean, it just it sounds like a lot of possible litigation. And I bet I could hit him. You see, guys would want to at least try to hit Seagal. Yeah, you know, I don't even like looking at Seagal. So that means, that means the vote split, so... Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, this one's for the ladies. Uh, was it the what's-in-the-box thing, women-focused? Uh, yeah, kind of. But this one's really going to hit the chick demographic. It involves a blindfold... A tube of Icy Hot and nine of the country's hottest Turkish bachelors. Sean, you've been reading my dream journal again. No, I haven't. No, seriously, Sean, if you put that on the air, I'll make sure you won't see the next Girl Scout cookie season. Ooh, ouch. 
God, I love Girl Scout cookie season. Okay, fine. Uh, you win. I only got one idea left. And the title's a, a little misleading, but I think the kids are really going to dig it. Okay, it's it, not that show where a dozen people perform sometimes humiliating antics in front of a live audience. That one. You stole my idea. Come on. <sighs> Sean, it's not a game show, you horse's ass. It's, it's... She draws Lindsay Lohan with googly eyes and birds circling her head. Courtney Heimeister! Thanks for joining us. This is our uh, second week at the gorgeous Girding Theater in the Pearl District in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're so happy to be back. It is a great night for food lovers on Livewire. Brett Burmeister from foodcartsportland.com is here. He's brought Greg Abbott. Yes. From an actual cart, Whiffy's Pies, to talk about why Portland was just rated the world's best street food. Our favorite, I know, it's cool. Our favorite improvisational beatboxing performance artist is back with us for the third year at the Girding. Reggie Watts is with us tonight. We're hugely excited. six-year hiatus from their visits to Livewire, our third musical guest ever that we had on the show, and one of our favorite experimental rock bands, Menomina, is with us tonight. And we'll also, we'll be talking briefly with Trevor Solomon. He's the chief organizer for Music Fest Northwest, which is coming up next month. Uh, but first, let's please meet the amazing members of Faces for Radio Theater, Mr. Tyler Hughes, Sean McGrath, the lovely Laura Faye Smith, the stunning Pat Janowski, our siren of sound. And as always, poet Scott Poole, author of Hiding from Salesman, will be in our audience writing during the hour. Thanks, Scott. And then at the end of the show, he'll present us with a poem that encompasses all we've learned during the course of the evening. And we cannot do the show without our amazing house band, Ralph Huntley and the Mutton Chops. If I ever get a TV show where I'm a superhero, can that be my theme song? It's Courtney's show, it's Courtney's show, it's Courtney's show. That's, that, that, those are the words, you guys. Did you hear those? Okay, that was just me. It was just me. So we love a band that's willing to get together in a bubble bath together and take their photographs for our viewing pleasure, and these guys did it. They're an experimental band that features a glockenspiel. Uh, they also use a digital looping recorder that band member Brent Knopf programmed himself to write songs. Nerd alert! They were just on Jimmy Fallon, and they're about to embark on a world tour, but they're playing Music Fest Northwest right here in Portland before they do. Please welcome Menomina. <laughs> This is the place 
just a bit about Music Fest Northwest, but, um, you know, six years ago you guys were on, and I know I was just, like, a member of the, the sketch comedy group back then, but I felt like we shared a moment, and I haven't really heard from you guys. <laughs> so I was just wondering what was going on. I mean, as you, you toured with The National, and you signed with Barsook, and a lot of stuff went on, and you were on Jimmy Fallon, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get tickets to Jimmy Fallon, because they're gonna remember, and nothing. So, what happened there? I'm sorry, what's your name? <laughs> 
Do you still write songs in the same? I mean, you were very DIY at the time, and you're bigger now. But do you still do you still create music in the same way as you did back then? Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you talk yes. a little bit about the dealer and how that works? Sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> usually the first stage of us writing songs together is we get together and we use this homemade looping program. And we just kind of jam with each other. And the computer captures different little loops of what we're doing. And then later, maybe six years later, when it comes time to make a record, we have those little capture loops at our disposal that we assemble like puzzle pieces into a song. And then you just, so you just lay lyrics onto that. You, you do the lyrics last. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, this, and this, I, f- I feel like this is a, this definitely is an, is an evolution for you guys. Um, this Thanks. record, it feels like there's a lot of different styles on it. Well, like, like Sting, we, we got really into world music, mm-hmm. um, which is something that, that I know this audience can appreciate. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this album definitely seems a bit more moody, darker, evolved. very evolved. I don't believe in evolution. Actually, <laughs> just, I mean, God created us better How do you now. feel like God created this album differently than your previous albums? <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's kind of going backwards. We're kind of turning into Neanderthals mm-hmm. as opposed to coming out of it. So. Well, right? <laughs> so you guys, you guys are going to play Music Fest Northwest this year, and we wanted to talk to Trevor Solomon from Music Fest. Trevor, can you come out for us? This is Trevor Solomon. Don't look so excited, Trevor. <laughs> so can you... Can you talk a little bit about what's different this year at Music Fest uh, than uh, in past years? Yeah, we're going outdoors uh, to Pioneer Square with uh, September 11th with the December and September 12th and with the National. Mm-hmm. And then we have great bands playing the Crystal and the Rose and like Menomina also. And it feels like this year there's a there's some there's some bigger bands playing this year than past years. Yeah, yeah. I How'd mean, we just happen? added the Smashing Pumpkins also, which is great. weird for us, but strange. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's cool. I mean... <laughs> same night as Menomina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, thanks, Trevor. Show, actually, yeah. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, everyone go see Smashing Pumpkins. September no, 11th. Actually, I mean, I think... 11 o'clock? I think the cool yeah. thing is... The, the, Don't forget. The time that they're playing... Never forget. ...is the most eclectic of all that night. Like, they're playing... This band from Ashes Rise is playing Sleep, which is sold out, and a couple of other bands, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and Titus Andronicus and all these other bands. So it shows the like uh, variety of the festival. And we, I mean, obviously, South by Southwest does a huge service yeah. to Austin, Texas. Absolutely. Ideally, it brings people to to town. What are right. what are some of the things that it can do for the local music community and for the town itself? Oh, I just think it just helps with Portland. You know what I mean? It just helps, and it's a good variety for the city, and it just brings a lot of different. Uh, I guess music. I don't know. I sit in my house and I listen to records and I ask them to play shows. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really silly, but it, that's how it goes. It like, sounds very silly. I mean, when I used to be able to, you know, indulge in, like, you know, things that got me into playing music, I would be, like, sitting in my house and, you know, smoking weed and being like, all right, cool, this is a really cool band. We should have them play. But now I'm too old, so I just sit around. And, <laughs> With- yeah. Now you just do it without the weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too paranoid and neurotic to do it then. So Music Fest, for people who are in the Northwest, uh, can you just tell tell them the details of Music Fest Northwest? Yeah, September 8th through 12th, 17 clubs, 160 bands, a lot of fun, uh, pretty inexpensive, and, you know, it's a good time. And the website that they can go to? Oh, www.musicfestnw.com. 
great. Thanks so much Thanks for coming on to talk about it. Trevor Solomon and the fabulous boys of Menomina will be back later to play for us again. Thanks, you guys. ovarian transplants to extend fertility and possibly lifespan. At the annual meeting of the European Society of Human Reproduction and Embryology in Stockholm, scientists from Rome announced that not only did successful ovarian transplants on mice allow them to resume their normal reproductive behavior, but also that it increased their lifespan by over 40%. 40%, that's nearly another half life. Doctors have performed successful ovarian transplants on a very small number of women, so they won't know if this rejuvenating effect will be true for women until they've had a chance to see them age. But the upshot of the research is, men are screwed. (laughs) You know how you used to be able to end relationships with the whole, we're just at different places in our lives, you want kids, and I'm just not ready for that right now, and we, bam, frozen ovaries! That's so funny that you should say that because I just froze my ovaries. I can get them put back in whenever you're ready. When I'm 35, when I'm 40, when I'm 50, it doesn't matter because they're frozen in time. Just think of it like I've temporarily moved my egg-making plant to Iceland, but it can be relocated at any time because we are fated to be together. Fated. I mean, fate had to go to a clinic in Rome and have its ovaries removed and frozen, but still, love found a way. And the best part is, not only can we be together forever, but now there's a chance that at least my side of forever is going to last 40% longer. So while you're golfing and watching Civil War reenactments on the History Channel, I'll be out dancing and doing daiquiri shots at Cougar McGillicuddy's. You know... Maybe we'll use our frozen ovaries to create an army of super cougars. And when our own ovaries give out, we'll pay top dollar on the black market for the ovaries of 20-year-old girls who think they're, they're not going to need them because they're going to live forever. And then when they start aging, they'll just grab the ovaries of women who are younger than them, and women will start waking up in hotel rooms and bathtubs full of ice with their lady parts missing because ovaries are the new kidneys. And the super, super creepy cycle will continue until even David Cronenberg says, Enough! Stop it. You guys are even creeping me out, and I'm David Cronenberg. Can't we just go back to the old way of doing things where everyone aged at the same pace and we didn't have to put nursery schools and retirement communities and women's livers and kidneys weren't trying to escape their bodies because their younger, more supple ovaries were giving them huge self-esteem issues? And when Mr. Cronenberg asks, maybe we will go back. Because there's only so long that Daiquiri Shooter Night can hold our interest. And besides, sometimes we like to use that ridiculous bad timing lie ourselves. This has been Courtney Hommeister with Lady News. Lady News, Lady News, it's the news that ladies choose. It's Lady News. You're listening to Livewire Radio with music, conversation, and comedy. Think of us as your condensed cream of culture soup, except maybe less gross than that.
Coming up, Reggie Watts, audience haiku, and more from Menomina. Portland has become food cart central. CNN just named us best street food in the world. Media outlets from all over the country, including the New York Times, have praised our ubiquitous food cart culture. Why is it so good, and why here? Tonight we're talking to Brett Burmeister, the man who started foodcartsportland.com, a blog that covers the over 500 fiercely independent businesses that make up Portland's movable feast. And here to give us a true inside look at a cart, Whiffy's Pie owner Greg Abbott joins us as well. Please welcome Brett and Greg to Livewire. you guys. So Brett, you've been blogging for years about food carts and you're an expert. You're a busy man. You've been on like four radio shows in the past week. Um, people from, from, you know, from the food network, you're getting your phone calls all the time. And there are some cities that don't really have food carts and we do have a podcast and people across the country who listen. So, um, can you just define what a food cart is for people who may not have them in their cities? Yeah, we define food carts as uh, it's tr- street food. Um, in Portland, the food carts are usually trailers that uh, can park in a private lot. We also have food trucks that are fully mobile. But uh, mostly what defines Portland is the trailers and our lots. We have uh, probably 10 or 15 different lots that have between 15 and 20 food trucks in each lot. So you can add that up and you get a lot of food available at any given time day or night. Yeah, up to like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. Uh, with these pies. With these pies. Um, <laughs> so there seems to be an explosion of national interest. Um, I mean, Bon Appetit, uh, LA Times, New York Times, Food Network. Um, why is this happening right now? You know, it's it would be disingenuous to say it's not the economy. Um, the economy has a plan to it. But I do believe that people want to try something new. We've, we've had this growth in the 90s and in the 2000s of, you know, really awesome, amazing restaurateurs, chefs, etc. Why is the Food Network even around? It's because we as Americans love food. And a food cart allows somebody with an idea, with a dream, with, a, with grandma's recipe to show it to anybody and show it to their community, show it to their neighbors, show it to you and me. 
And, you know, Portland in and of itself is such a do-it-yourself town. We, we love small things, microbrews and or coffee. So, you know, it, it, it really just plays into Portland's culture. And the sort of independence yes. of our... Yes, entrepreneurial. Um, it's, it's, while it's not cheap to get into, and it's a lot of work... How, um, how much would I have to invest if I wanted to... Start a food well, cart. Well, talking with the food cart owners, uh, between twenty five and fifty thousand to start, depending wow. on what you want to do. You can get into it for as low as five, but because of all of the, <laughs> we have we have Greg looking askance at you from, okay. from behind. What, but, what was um, your experience with that, Greg? Um, I think it's closer to somewhere between twenty five and fifty thousand. Yeah. Wow. Your father was a chef, Greg, and and, and your your mother was in marketing. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so my, what, what made you open up a cart? Uh, <laughs> and yours is Whiffy's Pies. I, I run Whiffy's. Actually, I brought you some. <laughs> so what, what made you open up a cart? Um, I think it was a combination of things. Uh, I spent the majority of my 20s living this sort of prototypical Portland slacker life of two nights a week of valeting at the ringside and <laughs> pretty much that was it playing in a million different bands and making a million bad films and I got to be 30 years old and I was like what am I going to do with my life I have all of you know I'm two credits short of an art degree that'll get me a job in nothing <laughs> um <laughs> I have a very limited number of skills of being personable and driving cars. <laughs> and, you know, well, someday I hope to be on Top Gear. <laughs> right now, I... <laughs> My options were limited. You know, I had a limited amount of capital, you know, a limited skill set. But the skill set that I did have was I came from a family where my dad is a chef and my mom is a small business and marketing consultant. So I grew up in a house where there was a food business from the time I was big enough to stand up. You know, my, when I was in fifth grade, I stood in the kitchen with my dad after school every day and watched him cook. When I came home, I watched them talk about, you know, how are we going to sell products? What do people want? That kind of stuff. So did you, did you get that from your mom? I mean, you've marketed yourself extremely well using, I think, exclusively social media, Twitter. Um, and, and that's been pretty... And you haven't really needed much more than that. Is that right? Yeah. I have used social marketing and social media as my exclusive way of communicating with people. You know what I mean? And it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's, definitely, a, a, it's definitely a culture and, and a community um, and, and the food call, what, what's great too, is it seems that the food cart culture supports each other, which doesn't seem like happens a lot in actual, uh, brick and mortar restaurants. So what would both of you say make sort of the perfect street food, the perfect food cart food? One of the things that I always tell newcomers is to pick something that they know what to do and they do it well. And stick with that one thing. Don't try to do a very broad menu. Don't try to do 75 different things. Do right. something simple. Do it well and do it, you know, have a story behind it. Have passion behind it. And, you know, Greg is a perfect example with his fried pies. He it's a deep pies. fried meat pie, right? Yes. 
That's what. <laughs> yeah. I'm on fire. It's it's health food on a stick. <laughs> mm. I don't think this is meat. It's the embodiment no, of America. I think I got the dessert one. <laughs> is it peanut butter and chocolate chips? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing about the food carts is really, you know, it's, it's all about the community. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, that's... Portland really... The Portland city plan really embraced... The community. I'm sorry, what? Portland, as a city, really embraced community 25 years ago and made it part of the 25-year city plan. And that is really part of why the carts have been able to thrive in the way they do. They are in transit areas. They support bicycle. They support walking. They support um, community getting together. And you get to meet your food cart owner when you walk up there, the guy that just made your food. It does seem like there's a different relationship between their... Thank you, Drew. <laughs> I just got a napkin. That was disgusting. I mean, no, the, the pie is unbelievable. I'm going to go home and have sex with this pie. <laughs> I'm going to have to tweet that. But I, yeah... That was an inappropriate way to eat that. I wish um, my phone was No, working. but it does seem like, like they have a different relationship with their customers. And, and um, at one point, I don't know if you wrote this, Brett, but you just talked about how they can be more flexible. They can respond to what, what their customers are asking for. Yes, yeah. We have uh, many cases where um, via social media or Facebook or Twitter, somebody makes a comment about a food. Do you have it vegetarian or vegan or gluten-free? And a food cart owner comes in and goes, not yet, but uh, we will by the end of the week. And they follow through. Right. Yeah. Um, well, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the, yeah, this, it's been wonderful um, talking to you and eating your pie. Um, it, was, it was a peanut butter and chocolate chip pie, that last one. And this is the meat one. I'm going to just try this quickly. It's, it's and not barbecue brisket, mozzarella cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> 12 hours in the smoker. Homemade barbecue sauce. Mm. <laughs> this is another peanut butter chocolate. No! <laughs> Say it ain't so! <laughs> Keep it warm. <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you guys here. <laughs> And your, your website, Brett, is... Um, Foodcartsportland.com. And you can be found on Twitter at just Whiffies. You're at Whiffies. At Whiffies. And on Twitter. W-H-I-F-F-I-E-S.com. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Brett Burmeister and Greg Abbott of Whiffies 5. <laughs> You're listening to Livewire, the radio variety show that loves you for all your quirks. <laughs> and the noises you make backstage. Actually, since we're, since we're in a lull, I had a question for Courtney. Are you going to decide between which peanut butter pie you're going to make love with tonight? Or? 
Are they going to fight over you? What's going to happen? I smell a threesome, Tyler. (laughs) I've heard stories about you, Courtney, and I I think it's going to be over in a gif. You're listening to Livewire, the radio variety show that loves you with all your quirks. But it's your short attention span that we love the best. If you live in the Portland area, come to our next show at the brand new Alberta Rose Theater in the heart of the Alberta Arts District. Guests include Liz Winstead, storyteller Mike Daisy, and musical guests Corin Tucker and Bobby Bear Jr. Hello? Oh my god. Mr. Lennox, we need two minutes. Don't you hurt her. What? I said the one in the car. The hurt on your If you lay one finger on her head, so help me God. What'd you say? Denali? The park? Alaska? What? Oh, the money. Yes, yes, I, ha- I have the money. Okay, okay, wait, I heard cheese and bacon. That can't be right. Look, this isn't working. I can barely understand you. Kinda. I don't know, maybe. There. Is that any better? Did you did you just auto-tune yourself? I don't know what you're talking about. Just tell me what to do with the money. Put the money in a gym bag. <laughs> You'll see a garbage can with a red lid. Put the money in there and just walk away. If I see just one cop, then you'll never see your wife again. Okay, I heard put the train on the garbage, walk the cop. What? Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Uh, sounds way better. Is this good? Uh, yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but you know what? You sound kind of familiar there. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. We got him, Mr. Garrity. The call is coming from 1411 Cabot Street. Howard? Is this Howard Fisher from next door? Howard. Sorry, Dan. I really needed the money. You don't have no idea how much the hovercraft costs. All right, is my wife okay? Yeah, she's fine. Hey, you guys want to come over later? We're making a beer butt chicken. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure you'll be in prison. Oh, right. I forgot the whole kidnapping thing. Uh, when did you know it was me? Uh, right before you did the Darth Vader thing. Stupid garage man. You know, I hate this crap software. All right, well, see you in a couple years, Howard. Uh, hey, the cops are here. I- I'll see you, Dan. You're listening to Livewire, the radio show that bees love because it's so effing sweet. 
and you'll love us too. If you live in Portland, come to our next live show at the Alberta Rose Theater with Daily Show co-creator Liz Winstead, storyteller Mike Daisy, and musical guests Corin Tucker and Bobby Bear Jr. For more information, visit our website at livewireradio.org. Our next guest is a recording artist, a performance artist, a beatboxer, and he has the most epic hair of anyone I have ever met in my life. He's appeared on HBO's The Yes Men Save the World, Comedy Central's Michael and Michael Have Issues, and he's currently filming his own shorts for Comedy Central's Late Night Block. Please welcome Reggie Watts to Livewire. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Dan Lafferty. Um, I'm uh, with the Oak Ridge Boys and uh, been, uh, <clears throat> been touring with the uh, Oak Ridge Boys for quite some time now. And uh, on the road, a lot of uh, things happen. And, uh, you know, some things you can talk about and some you want to talk about. <laughs> And, uh, but uh, we've been in on the road on for quite some time, and uh, we have an amazing lighting system. Uh, rivals that of uh, Radiohead's uh, lighting system. Uh, we're running two amps cleaner environmentally than their last pure LED system. And uh, people have said it's a little bit more engaging than their last lighting system, so... Uh, Michael York and Tom York are very pissed about that. <laughs> and uh, we don't care. Because uh, we're the Oak Ridge Boys and do what the hell we want to do. <laughs> now, if you enjoy good music, you listen to the Oak Ridge Boys. You want to hear a bunch of guys making blips and bloops and a guy who can sing but chooses to sing in an injured fashion. You go ahead and listen to that. When you grow up and you want to listen to big person music, you listen to the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> this is a song off one of the new Oak Ridge Boys albums uh, called Doing It.
like, you know, and it's like no one even cares. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, and what are they gonna do? You know, it's like, you know, they only got uh, so many options, right? So, uh, but it's been a great year so far, and uh, a lot of my friends and stuff, they've been complaining about things that they don't understand anymore because that's the nature of complaining about things is, you know, stuff that you don't understand why you, you know, why you complain about them, and, you know, that creates a frustration feedback loop, and, uh, you know, can't get out of it, so all you can do is complain about it. Um, but, uh, 30 years ago, after the reformation of some of the new uh, tech clients that we had in our industry, uh, we, we understood what we did that went wrong. After the implications of JBL and some of the cross-phasing sequences that we ran in our laboratories here, Family Labs and the GO300 experiment, the laser telemetry guidance systems and so forth, um, we've come up with uh, a few parallaxes that uh, have been really putting a spin on, uh, on uh, new media. Um, I want to play for you this is a reenactment of uh, two people. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh uh, you want to come in? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come in. All right, okay. You want to have a seat, probably? Sure, yeah, that's great. So, nice place. <laughs> Yeah, those brands are like cousins, uh, just kind of cousins of furniture. Yeah, Rush Pablois. Oh, really? Rush Pablois? Is this lamp from Design Beyond Reach? Yeah, it's uh, from Design Beyond Reach. That's great. That's really good. So, um, do you you got any music or something? Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, let me go. What? Hold on a second. Okay. song this evening, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to do this. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you ever so much. Um, for this last song that I'd like to do for you this evening, it's re- certainly it's a pleasure here to be back in the Amory. Uh, it's wonderful what they've done here with the architecture and some of the green responsibility in the, uh, the problematic uh, uh, areas that comes into the expense of convincing a city council to, uh, to invest in a structure such as this, and yet here we are. So... <laughs> Without further ado, I'd like to do this is a short tune. This is a tune about uh, anything that you might have in mind at any given time, whenever you feel as though you may have a thought that uh, you notice 
and uh, wish to describe to someone out loud or in various other mediums that humans have historically been known to express themselves through. Uh, here we go. where comedy, conversation, and music met, fell in love, and got married because that was legal in whatever magical country they lived in that didn't have some ridiculous, antiquated notion that different forms of entertainment couldn't marry each other. And they were happy there. We'll be right back. Time for the audience haiku. 
We've given our audience three subjects on which to expound game shows, festivals, and movable feasts. Faces for Radio have chosen their favorites and will now read them with the help of Ralph Huntley. Tonight's audience haiku is brought to you by the New Belgium Brewing Company, this month featuring their Hoptober Golden Ale. Featuring five hops, wheat, malt, mashed with rye and oats, you can host your own Hoptoberfest in your living room. Play a nice polka and cook up some brats, all while wearing lederhosen. <laughs> Only lederhosen. <laughs> Oopa Ban and Wiener Dog not included. Thanks, New Belgium. And now, audience haiku. Hey, Ralph, can I get some music you'd hear? Sort of uh, savoring the bounty of Oregon. <laughs> Love it. Organic quinoa, free range chard, local lentils. Why did I move here? <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, Ralph, can I please get uh, some tense person trying to figure out the answer, game show music, even the Jeopardy theme, if you know that? Vanna. Oh, Vanna. Drooping now, but I don't care. Boobs in Jeopardy. (laughs) Thank you, Rand. And now from the audience to read her very own haiku, please welcome Carla. Can I possibly get some dinner music? Something kind of formal. (laughs) Take a look around. If we got locked up in here, who would you eat first? (laughs) All right, audience. Great job on the audience haiku. And now, once again, please welcome to the stage, Menomina. Oh. 
He's been working hard for the last 56 minutes or so to help us learn something from all that we've seen tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the stage poet Scott Poole. What I Learned Tonight by Scott Poole. I'd like to dedicate this to my wife, Leslie, of 17 years. Listening to Menomina, I feel like I'm already turning into a superhero. Already my underwear is on the outside of my tights. And those are two things I normally wouldn't be caught dead wearing, tights or my underwear on the outside. But strangely, I'm gathering respect 
because I'm supposedly super in some way. I'm gathering respect, and the earth is shaking with all my bad decisions. So I better start making some good decisions. I think I better start making some good decisions. I think I'll just shake somebody's hand. Maybe that's a start, right here at the mall. But because I'm dressed so creepy, nobody will shake my hand. Damn, looks like I'm going to have to do something amazing first to justify my bad apparel choices. What could I do amazing? Hmm, maybe I could freeze my ovaries. I don't have any. Wait, I could freeze that lady by the gaps ovaries with my freezy breath. Ow, what are you doing, you freak? Oops, that isn't helping my cause. Okay, maybe I'll dial it down and come up with some sort of exciting food cart with some really amazing food, kind of like an ice cream truck, a thank you truck. That's it. I'll serve thank yous. The world could really use that right now, I think. You may think it's easy for me to say thank you, being so super and everything, but a thank you for me is a squeaky, creaky ice cream truck with peeling paint with half-melted treats inside. My thank you truck starts falling apart, all its emotion melting the moment it leaves the appreciation driveway. Often the driver has enormous hair, is drunk with love. Often the driver is beatboxing Oak Ridge Boys Love out of every crumbling crack in the chassis and throwing pennies at pedestrians. I don't know why, but the point is, here my thank you truck comes, so get your 85 cents, sister. And run down the street, dragging one broken flip-flop, screaming, Thank you, man! Thank you, man! Thank you, man! Because when I pull up beside you, I'm going to say, no, 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 thank you. As the front wheels pop off, thank you. As the motor spits steam and erupts, thank you. As the sides split open and shocks spring off into the distance, thank you. As my Herculean effort to get here crumbles to a melted oily heap around my ankles, thank you. That's when I want it to be perfectly clear with my hand extended that I've spent everything to arrive at this place in time, that I'm holding all I've got left, all I've ever wanted in the world, your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Poole, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. Our thanks to our guests tonight, Brett Burmeister, Greg Abbott, Reggie Watts, and Menomina, and Trevor Solomon from Music Fest Northwest. The Mutton Shops were Ralph Huntley, Jim Brumberg, and Dave Jorgensen. Tonight's show was made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Fiction Associates, The Falcon Art Community, Willamette Week, and Buchanan and Jelly, Altschul, and Sullivan. Additional funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council, the Miller Foundation, the Oregon Cultural Trust, and listeners such as You Find People. Hotel accommodations generously provided by Hotel Deluxe. Livewire is created and produced by Kate Sokoloff and Robin Tannenbaum. Technical production by Jim Brumberg from Mississippi Studios. Recording engineering by Jonathan Newsom. House sound by Courtney Barber. The Faces for Radio Theater are writers Courtney Hommeister, Tyler Hughes, and Sean McGrath. Performer Laura Faye Smith and Siren of Sound Pachinowski. Livewire's house poet is Scott Poole. Production management and lighting by Drew Flint. Theme by Courtney Bondrele and Ralph Hutley. Craft services by Old Wives Tales. Graphic and web design by Danger Creative. Web development by Amalgamotion. Podcast consulting by Morley Studios. Our operations manager is Adrian Schaefer. Publicity by Cassell Communications. Big thanks to this show go to the staff at the Girding Theater. For more information about Livewire or to download our podcast, visit our website at livewireradio.org. This is Tyler Hughes signing off, but you hang up first. Okay.
No, I'm not going to hang up. You hang up first. Hello? I can't believe you hung up. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you. <laughs>